Hi, this is Megan Cloherty, investigative reporter for WTOP News. If you like top news from WTOP, we think you'll love our new podcast called the DMV Download, where we take a more in-depth look at the biggest local stories of the day happening in our area. We hope you check it out. We know more about what happened when a car plowed into a bar in Arlington. This is Kyle Cooper. A Catholic school in D.C. sees two hateful acts of vandalism in less than a week. I'm Luke Luker. The Nationals beat the Cubs while the O's beat the Blue Jays. It's 12 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington, a Miami-Dade County police officer working on the department's robbery intervention detail has been shot. The shooter drove away, got into a multi-vehicle crash, and was then shot and killed by police. WFOR-TV's Carly Barnett is outside the hospital where the officer is being treated. There's been a large group of officers out here all night. There is just a long line of police cars, one right after the other, lining the way. Miami-Dade police tell us that one of their officers was shot. Sources telling us the officer was shot in the head. Federal prosecutors are asking a judge not to release some information related to the search of Donald Trump's home a week ago. More on that from CBS's Deborah Alfaron. The Justice Department doesn't want the public to see the affidavit that led to last week's search of Mar-a-Lago. On Monday, it asked a federal judge to keep the document sealed. The department said releasing it would jeopardize an ongoing investigation that involves what it described as, quote, highly classified material. A law enforcement source now confirms to CBS News that during the FBI search of Trump's home, agents seized his passport. A so-called filter team reviewed what was taken and has returned the passports to Trump. Rudy Giuliani is scheduled to testify later this week before a special grand jury meeting in Atlanta. The grand jury is investigating false claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election. CBS News investigative reporter Graham Cates says Giuliani's lawyers object to their client being forced to testify. They think the whole investigation here in Fulton County is targeting the wrong people, is is, is out of political animus, and um, that basically they're being victimized by having to come there. In fact, they didn't want him to appear before the grand jury at all. They said he has a health problem and you're, you're making him travel from New York to Atlanta all the way for something that is inappropriate. A drought that's had the western U.S. in its grip for some time is being worsened by high temperatures. KPIX-TV's Wilson Walker reports from Livermore, California. It was already 95 degrees when Dave Talton came to fill up on recycled water. The city of Livermore relaunched this drought measure last deployed in 2016. Talton knows more dry, hot days lie ahead. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, yeah, the, the increase in temperature over the last, say, 10 years. It's going up and up and up, and, you know, there's, I don't see any relief in sight. A rapper named ASAP Rocky, real name Rakeem Mayers, has been charged with two felonies for pulling a gun on a former friend and firing in Hollywood last year. The 33-year-old Mayers is best known as the father of the singer Rihanna's son. This is CBS News. Your local watering hole, your favorite Friday night pizza spot, that bakery you can't stop dreaming about because their croissants are so flaky, thanks to you, they're $10,000 richer. Check out all the winners of WTOP's annual Top 10 contest. Your nominations, your votes have given local businesses in the DMV deserved recognition. Learn more about the grand prize winners and check out small businesses in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia that you can support daily. Visit WTOP.com, search Top 10. WTOP at 1203. 
Tuesday morning, 16th of August, 2022. Partly cloudy overnight early morning. Patchy fog you'll see by daybreak. Low in the 50s in parts of the area. 65 in our nation's capital right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. We thank you for taking us along for your Tuesday morning ride. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you as we head into this day together. We begin in Maryland, the only state in which mail-in ballots cannot be officially tallied until after Election Day. Now, word comes there's a move to change that. With more and more Marylanders voting absentee, the Maryland State Board of Elections will ask a court to allow for the counting of absentee ballots before Election Day. And that led to a delay this year in certifying primary results by almost a month. Justin Williams, a member of the Board of Elections, says with the general election coming up. If under the same path, if the timing is the same for the primary election, it could be until Christmas or New Year's that we get the results. Now, the board has only voted to ask a circuit court judge for the change, but it's not clear when that request will actually be filed. If the judge okays it, the results of the count and mail-in ballots would not be released until after Election Day. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. We now turn this Tuesday morning to new info about that car that crashed into a bar locally in Arlington, injuring 15. Police say it was a rideshare driver that plowed into Ireland's four courts, but they say it was not intentional and alcohol was not involved. The exact cause is still under investigation, and several people are still in the hospital following the crash Friday night. Meanwhile, the GoFundMe effort has raised more than $70,000 for servers and workers at the pub, and another local bar is sponsored a fundraiser next month. The bar is expected to reopen, but the damage is extensive, so there's no timeline yet. In Arlington, Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. Over the weekend, Sunday night, a Fort Washington man was shot and killed in a suspected case of road rage. Now locally, Prince George's County Police are still looking for the gunman this morning. 51-year-old Terrence Kuntz was found dead on St. Barnabas Road Sunday around 9.25 p.m. Preliminarily, we believe this was a road rage incident. Prince George's County Deputy Police Chief James McCreary says the deadly shooting followed a minor fender bender. We do know that um, when they went to exchange information, the decedent was uh, fired upon and um, struck and succumbed to his wounds. There were four other deadly shootings in Prince George's County Friday through Sunday. On Monday morning in Suitland, in a second suspected road rage shooting, a UPS driver was shot and is recovering from his injuries. Police are looking for the driver who fired into the truck. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. WTOP Tuesday morning to 12.06. An NBC4 investigation reveals this week D.C. police have closed 113 homicide cases since 2018 without making an arrest. Of those cases, 59 were closed after the death of a suspect. Sometimes the cases are closed when a prime suspect flees to another country. Their examination of the record shows that 50 of the 113 cases with administrative closures since 2018 were closed in the final weeks of the year. In a lawsuit filed last year in D.C. Superior Court, Sergeant Carlos Bundy claimed, among other things, that homicide cases are closed at the end of the year because the mayor uses those numbers to evaluate the MPD and chief of police, so there is pressure to close cases. WTOP at 12.07. Do D.C. residents have all the information they actually need these days about monkeypox? Eight D.C. council members say D.C. Health could do more. At large member Alyssa Silverman and seven other council members in all say even those who are not at high risk are scared for themselves and for their children heading back to school this fall later this month. They have to that end written a letter we're told to interim director Dr. Sharon Lewis urging DC Health to communicate with people outside the high risk groups and to work with schools to share information. The council members also requesting information about the ward by ward distribution of vaccines to assess whether or not they are being equitably distributed. WTOP has reached out to DC Health for comment. Thus far, we've not heard back.
Here's a highlight from Sean Frazier, the Federal Chief Security Officer for Okta on the Zero Trust Cyber Exchange, presented by Kerasoft. So I think it's no accident that the identity is the first pillar of zero trust. If you think about, you know, where we are functionally with regards to attackers who are um, trying to get access to systems, a lot of the low-hanging fruit ends up living in our identity systems. Um, so it's one of the first things we've got to shore up in